CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Every Sunday on the Independent Film Channel, they're a rock band by night and a kids band by day. It's Z-Rock, an all-new episode. You're supposed to be our lead singer. Lead us. I can't lead morons. Is there any chance instead of opening up for Kiss tonight, we're opening up for Mini Kiss? Z-Rock, the show critics call a grade-A treat, returns. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Don't miss an all-new episode of the IFC original hit comedy, Z-Rock, every Sunday night at 11, 10 Central. The rock gods are smiling on us. Only on IFC. I feel alive. The best hard rock, the best heavy metal, Talking Metal, a podcast hosted by Mark Striegel and John Astronomy, available through iTunes and most other podcast providers. Feel the power, feel the glory, TalkingMetal.com. Hey guys, welcome to another edition of the Talking Metal podcast. On the show today, my good friend Opus. I've uh, been friends with this guy for a long time, and this is his second appearance on the Talking Metal podcast. I really honestly believe what I say in the interview with Opus, uh, in that this guy was was really part of the New England uh, metalcore movement from in its uh, inception, if you will, and, and one of the guys who really planted the seed. I mean, not... You know, obviously there, there it was a movement and there were a lot of people involved. But again, I've spoken with uh, the guys in Killswitch Engage, especially Howard, who has confirmed that G-Soul was a big part of, you know, their who they were listening to back in the day when they were getting their bands going. A matter of fact, I have a little clip right here. Now, we're going to play it. It's a little messy audio-wise, but... If you listen, you can kind of hear Howard and myself. This is Howard from Killswitch Engage having a conversation about Opus's old band, Gargantuan Soul. Check it out. Thank you guys. Thanks, bro. Thanks, man. Thanks. Nice talking to you. Yeah. Us. You guys still have food, right? You guys still eat? Mm. I'm, I'm going to take this good. for later, man. I'm legit, yeah. Afraid to eat too much beforehand. Oh, you know? yeah. <laughs> I do not eat. How's your cob? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm trying it now. It's just going to be good. Yeah, I think there's nothing like a like roast yeah. this morning. Yeah. So yeah. I can probably so do that. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Awesome. You want to try it? Oh, no, thanks. Yeah. I actually haven't sweet, felt man. well all day today. Yeah, I knew those G-Soul guys from way back. Opus is a friend of mine. Interesting I'm just gonna there. pretend I'm not looking up. But even like you guys, or, you do what you need to do. I don't know. I, it's like please I, don't hurt actually, I really did like some of their stuff. I'm kind of thinking of the whole body paint thing. Yeah, that'll determine what I do. It's time for you to drink. You know, they had a couple. You know, I think it's cool. Oh yeah, I like that. Actually, yes. I think no. I have. I want to look how delicious it looks. Yeah, no. Can we do a uh, Talking yeah. Metal Toast Rye? Yeah, yeah. The Rye was a great song. Oh, my God. Or something. <laughs> oh, no. Let's see how high. Yeah, I remember those ones. Oh, very nice. Cheers. Very nice. Cheers, Cheers Cats. Thanks. Uh, uh, hey, 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 hey. <laughs> I think I... Oh, that's a plastic cup. 
of my discontent. Oh. <laughs> I remember that song too. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sweet. Perfect. I'm not I wonder sure. if I could just put that plate in there. <laughs> yeah, I gotta be just careful about how much plate. I drink before I go on stage just because of my back. Because I got into this habit like, when I was in a lot of pain. I would just drink so much just to kind of kill the pain. Oh my god, yeah. I had two backs Yeah, he still is. Yes, please. Uh, Tremendous. Like, yep, Jason Bob. Thank you. Like, he was me. Yeah, he's really he, uh, yeah. he emails us. Yeah, yeah, actually, I wouldn't want to wrap this up. I emailed him once. He never packed. Uh, well, he probably didn't like it. You didn't want to. <laughs> My problem is that uh, I can't play. <laughs> oh, that's okay. But yeah, uh, I, nice I guy. Just, I, I just suck. I can't I play sober. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just can't play, period. Opus invited me on my band played in Connecticut at. Festival. Anyway, I can town. get like ribs oh, for this. Hey, Adam. I mean, I may as well take them. Adam, I remember so when you got room service yeah. in there with you guys. I, I show you. Well, there's like, another one down there. Yeah, yeah we just found okay. out oh, about Connecticut. It matter. The tune-in just burned. I mean, if I can like, get lit all the really? day before oh, yesterday. Do you remember that club? I, in, I, I've never been there, but I remember the name. Which one? It was in New Haven. We played there a few times. Anybody? Oh, I'm not throwing it Yeah, I didn't even. I didn't even physically touch it. Yeah, sure. You guys got an extra box down there still? It's on the corner street. Oh, shit. I'm thinking oh, to-go boxes yeah. there. Oh, oh, yeah. All I can but think of in Connecticut is we may have Sports Palace. Nice. Oh. Thanks, brother. Hanover House. Thanks, and the LNG. Okay. We never play there because actually the funny thing was the last overcast show was the last hardcore show ever there. Really? Because dudes stalked the owner. And beat him up so badly that he said he would never have another hardcore show. Wow. Oh yeah, I remember that. You remember that? Yeah, they followed him down an alley that. and beat him up with a sock full of nickels yeah, or something. Yeah, he got punched. But he what, deserved what it. Sock full of nickels. Uh, the tune in in New Haven. <laughs> Didn't I describe Jayfo's fart as that? <laughs> that guy deserved it. I said my your wife. fart is like a dagger, whereas his fart is like a sock full of nickels. That was the clip there, and you can kind of hear us talking about gargantuan soul, G-Soul, as they were known, Opus's old band, and uh, Howard even has some of their music on his iPod. You could hear him mention there. What happened with Killswitch is when we showed up for the interview in Long Beach, California, before the cameras started rolling, I started talking to Howard a little bit about, um, you know, where they're from, and and then I told him I, I knew Opus, uh, formerly of G-Soul, and he immediately knew who that was and was excited, and we kind of chatted about G Soul. Uh, and then after we were kind of wrapping up the interview, if you saw the interview on Fuse, uh, the little bits of it that they used, we were having Mexican food at this Mexican restaurant in Long Beach before Killswitch played their show out there. And as the the interview was wrapping up, with the cameras still rolling, we uh, Howard and I started talking about a gargantuan soul and opus again and that's what you hear there now the the thing is i personally don't have splits so when i say splits i mean audio splits of this which is why it is such a mess if i had the splits i would have been able to isolate things and you would have just heard howard and i talking about it since we were all mic'd separately but i didn't have that which is why it's a little messy there but you get the drift Gargantuan Soul, Opus's old band, was very influential on the New England metal core movement, if you will. But we're going to talk about his new band, Dead by Wednesday, in today's interview, as well as his old band. And Dead by Wednesday is rocking. We're going to end today's show with some of their new music. And what else? Let's right now, how about, get into a little Gargantuan Soul. And before we do that, just a reminder, go to TalkingMetal.com. Do me a favor, go up to that Z-Rock, Z-O-2, IFC link, click through it. They're tracking how many visitors we bring the IFC site, and uh, it would be great if you guys could do that for me as a personal favor. I know you hate it when I go into that, this type of stuff about uh, you know, plugging our sponsors and stuff, but um, sorry, it's just part of Talking Metal, which you've probably realized already at this point. Anyways... Let's get into some gargantuan soul right now on Talking Metal, then into the interview John and I conducted with Opus, ending today's show with some Dead by Wednesday. We will have Opus's band linked, Dead by Wednesday, that is, through today's show notes on TalkingMetal.com. So check that out. It's the summer of my discontent. 
Thanks for joining us. Are you kidding me? And we are psyched to have you here. We had you call in once, but there's nothing like having you here in person. So uh, it's okay. And that was a great interview. When you called in, man, it was a blast hearing some of the stories and, you know, very passionate stuff. I got a lot of stories for you today. I got a story for you about me coming here. I lost 80 bucks from a ta- from a, from a guy who drove me in the back of this, like, bike little carriage thing. Oh, right. He no. robbed yeah. me, man. So what actually happened? It's insane. I, I put... 40 bucks. The guy goes, okay, I'm like, I'm in New York. I don't want to, it's like, it's like traffic time. I don't want to spend a lot of money on taxis. I'm just going to pick this, this guy right here has a bike with a carriage in the back of it. I'm going to get a nice friendly ride in, in the sun and, and roll up a doobie on the way to the show. So I'm like, Hey, what, how, how much does it cost to, to go, go to this place here and show him the address and everything. He's like, uh, I'll do it for 50 bucks. I said, what? 50 bucks. I took a night off from my open mic work to, to come because I wanted to be here in person. So I'm like, I want to spend a little money. So I gave him, I'm like, all right, 40 bucks. And, and I'll do it. And he said, okay, no problem. So I put 40 bucks in my sweatband just to make sure that I had it ready to go. He drove me to, to, to where I had to be. And somehow between, I don't know how he did it, between, and I know I didn't lose it, between the stop and where I had to go, he somehow took my money out of my sweatband. He, he, he oh, pickpocketed me. That is insane. It was I'm amazing. Sorry that that. He technically pick banded you. He's yeah. ama- it was amazing. He said it was from Morocco. I, I have no idea how he did it, but he did it. Where did you get it? Where did you get in at in the carriage? Grand Central. I got in the car, and they call it the petty car. I don't know what yeah, that means. Yeah, I've seen but, those things. Yeah, and I, I was like. they were cheaper than cabs. I was excited. I was like, yeah, I'm going to be relaxed. I'm going to be in the back of this thing. I'm going to go to, you know, take a nice ride. And somehow he, he stole my money. I am so sorry, dude. Yeah, I'm what sorry a, about a, that, man. Oh, it's all right. up thing, man. <laughs> and I took the night off of work to come. It's okay. Ah, yeah. Well, so this, <laughs> Thank this, you for uh, this appearance is actually costing you. 200 yeah. yeah. bucks. Oh, Don't Paid forget to eat oh. pizza and there, there's a refrigerator there, whatever you need. Man. No, Just make the most of it. Money's yeah. nothing. Comes in and comes Take out. Take the refrigerator. Yeah. <laughs> Take the refrigerator. If you see some gear, you know, just grab it. You know, whatever you need. It's like food and poop. It comes in and comes out, whatever. Opus, you have such an amazing history going all the way back to G Soul and but we want to start off talking about the stuff that's happening now. Dead by Wednesday, the yeah. new album is out. How long has that been out now? Uh it's been out it came out in uh I want to say October October of 2008 and it uh we got picked up by a label called Eclipse Records which is run by Chris Poland the uh uh, they also broke bands like Mushroom Head and Bobo Flex and Scum of the Earth. Some of them are, you know, I'm not Chris like Chris Poland's a, been here before. Yeah, Chris. Yeah, yeah he mentioned that uh, that he was here with uh, Riggs from right. Scum of the Earth. And so, you know, they had a great record. He's a really honest guy. And uh, he came to us. We had a few other people that, that were opting for it. We, we talked to Megaforce. We talked to Suburban Noise. They loved the album, but they weren't sure about the money aspect of it and all the BS, the business aspect of it. And Chris came to us with a really good uh, offer. And and I known him from the past, from Gargantua Soul days. He actually offered a deal back then, and we, in hindsight, we should have taken it. But um, so I just said it's better than nowadays with all this, the way the you know the whole music business is, and how it's. I don't want to say nicely failing almost right. on no, the industry yeah. um, to have someone actually offer to help you and promote your music. And, and even though, you know, it wasn't like this $2 million deal, we said, I felt, and my bass player felt, and all of us as a band felt that it was a good way to get the music out and just get people to hear what we're about and just, you know, be a band, you know, and that's really what it's all about. Isn't it? In the end is being Correct. happy and playing music really, you know? So that's, that's how it came about pretty much. Cool. And it's not the same Chris Poland who used to play guitar in Megadeth. Different guy. You know, you know, people always ask me that, and I and I tell them, I tell them uh, that I never asked the guy if it was. If you know, tell me because I don't want to. I'm not going to ask right. him. No, it's right. a, it's it is a different Chris Poland. <laughs> you know what I mean? So classic. So let's talk about the lineup for Dead by Wednesday. Now there is an actual G Soul connection there, isn't there? Besides you, there. Well, there is. Well, there was. Um, Pat Garcia was the original guitar player for Gargantua Soul. He started Dead by Wednesday with me. But, but he's he's replaced by Ross now. Is that well, what happened was he and then literally married a groupie and had a kid. Oh, okay. so right when oh, I hate to say it out loud, I was not listening. Right, yeah. But right, right when uh, things started getting good and we're yeah. torn a lot, um, I think she clamped down. I was like, "You ain't going nowhere, boy." You know what I'm saying? Like, and just kind of made ah, him man. 
Oh. Yeah. Uh, but, hey, whatever. He's happy. And long as he's happy, he's got, he got two yep. little kids that he, you know, he loves now. and Still he was, on good terms with you and stuff. Oh, uh, we Honestly, like this band, this is really weird about this band. I mean, I, I could talk a lot about G-Soul. G-Soul were great guys. I love all those guys. But there was a lot of, like, when you're – when you're at so close to scratching the surface of like success and you're almost making it, you probably know too in, in a lot of different ways, especially with the TV show and all stuff, a lot of BS and a lot of red tape and politics come flying your way. Right. And then all of a sudden you find out the true colors of every person and what they're about and and who they are and, and you know, when you start talking about money and so on and so forth. And it just basically the industry ripped us from the inside out. I, I say that because it's like, all right, if you do this – if you don't do this, if you do this, we'll we'll uh, you know we'll sign you or we'll make, we'll give you this amount of money, and then you start double, you start second guessing yourself, and you start wondering, okay, well maybe I should do this, and I'll be huge and famous, so let's do it this way, and then you start losing the focus of what made you big in the first place, and staying true to what you were and your roots and everything. So it was a really tough situation. But Dead by Wednesday, like you said, to get back to the to the to the uh, focused question here, um, the roots are. The original guitar player, Pat Garcia, um, started the band with me, and then he left. And now Ross Ragusa, who played in a Metallica tribute band called Alcoholica with me, um, was you know took over as the one guitar player. And now it's basically set up like a, like a real rock band where it's one guitar player, one bass player, drums, and two vocalists that don't that don't play an instrument. Well, that's cool. Two vocalists. Yeah. But the core of the band is like a, you know, like a van, like a Pantera or a Van Halen style where when the guitar player is rocking out, the bass player who's badass right. holds it's it down. Holding it down He's with holding you, it, with me. like you guys, right? And, and I honestly wouldn't do it with anyone else. Like how I feel about the band right now is if one of those guys, either the guitar player or the bass player and the singers, you know, one of them is my cousin, but you know, nowadays with the metal, like screaming and stuff, not to, not to say that they don't do it well. And plus we do different stuff with the other vocalists. He does a different style, but, he like without either guitar player or bass player, I would either change not be change the name of the band or just not do it anymore because that's how strongly I feel about wow. the guys I play with. That's really good though that you found two guys that you feel that strongly about because that's one of the hardest things now is is to to find people and plus like you said about like what happened with G Soul is it, it, like you know bands start to get some success and then unfortunately people's personalities change and then what, what is even worse and i'm sure you've experienced this too is that when you get some success then other friends you have problems with them because of that and it's really hard but you wind up losing friends that you normally wouldn't have lost had you not succeeded in some way you know yeah, losing friends and gaining new ones that aren't really your friends right i mean like I, I say this to this day like you know a lot of times you know and where we where our band dead by wednesday stems from is connecticut connecticut is based off of and mark knows a lot of hardcore like hardcore is huge basically stems from the area and uh well originally new york obviously but i mean with with the whole movement of hate breed and a lot of the bands that came from New Haven, um, hardcore was big, and they had this whole brotherhood, you know, type of idea behind it. But I, I mean, personally, I feel like it's it's getting lost because what punk and hardcore and metal, you know, really came from the beginning came the whole idea upon was like the underground and and you know not trendy stuff, and now it seems like. Not kids necessarily, but the people that classify themselves as like hardcore, they only go out to the trendy shows, the big shows. Like when Hate Breed plays, they come out. And not to say they don't come out to see me. I'm not like crying about that. People come to see our band. I'm saying for other bands, I see it with hardcore bands. Like no, there's no support. There's no, there's no like brotherhood. There's no representing anymore. It's very, um, you know, only like almost like now they're just going to trendy shows. So they right. everything is based upon is gone. I totally understand what you're saying because what. What started the hardcore movement was the brotherhood, was right. the underground scene. And for the – it's almost like the – the not the bands like like because, you know, Hatebreed is a great band. But the, the fans that are showing up at these trendy shows are like fake hardcore fans in right, my opinion. Right, They're like they're – like, uh, like, like I just went to one recently and it was like – it just seemed like it was people that like – I don't want to say me heads because I don't want to like – 
tell people like, I mean, I, everyone, I, I love everyone. Don't get me wrong. I'm a nice guy, but like, they're just like going in there and just trying to beat people up in the pit or something. And they're not really there for the music and they're drunk off their ass. And you know, I, I, I drink myself, but you know, be able to hold on to what, you know, be there for, for the music and not just, you know, like this, like mentality of like, I'm just going to go there and beat the hell out of people and kick people in the face and, and that's what I'm calling, you know, must my night. I'm having fun. Cool. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, I don't know. Well, we're going we're gonna to get back to Dead by Wednesday and play some, uh, some music off the Killing Project, which is the latest record in a bit. But I want to go back a ways, uh, like maybe like 12 years ago. Whoa. Uh, in the New England, Connecticut area, at that time, what bands or band, should I say, was taking – heavy metal big courses along with like hardcore verses and kind of mixing them together. Can you name maybe one band that was doing that back in that day? Are you talking before G-Soul? No, I'm talking about G-Soul. Oh, okay. I mean, yeah, to me, you guys were like the first band doing that. I mean, well, kinda, I mean yeah. and, and now it's Thank like you. You, you look at all these, I mean, Kill Switch Engage, Shadows Fall, all these bands. Every time I would Five hear these guys, yeah, I would think, wow, this is definitely – coming from that seed that that you planted I really really appreciate you back saying that. in that in that you know in that time frame and uh you know it, it, as a as a friend and a fan of what you've done it, a lot of times it, it, it is kind of a bummer that we don't hear a lot of these guys in, in public actually you know mention that that in a way you guys you know, even though you never got nearly as successful as Kill Switch or Shadows Fall, you guys definitely opened the door and planted the seed for a lot of these bands. Well, I mean, first of all, thank you so much for even mentioning that. No, I'm not just kissing ass. No, either. you're not. I, I, I know you're not. You're my friend. That. Yeah, but, no, I sincerely believe that. But, I'm, but I, I sincerely, like, almost can't take that. Um, I feel like I'm almost not embarrassed, but, like, I'm just, like, very, like, um, I'm amazed by you saying that. You know, Howard was a friend, a fan of G Soul. Um, yeah, and I asked him that, and he, you know, I, he spoke about you guys. And that's and, a, and, yeah. and we, and it would be great if more people would. Like, for example, Josta. Right. I mean, not for nothing. I mean, he was um, when you know he was doing great for himself. But when we were on Farm Club USA Network, mm -hmm. I was wearing a Hatebreed jacket. No one knew who the hell Hatebreed was. Right. I was sitting in Universal Records with Avery Lippman and Sinji, the top A and R guy and the head of the label talking about G soul and they turn and ask me, Hey, what do you think about that band? Hate breed, right. <laughs> you know, in hindsight, I should have said they suck. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I, I was like raved about them. Cause I, I honestly, one of my favorite albums is, um, satisfaction is a death of desire, which is their first, not first album. Cause they had you know, under the knife and EPs and takes before that. But the first album on victory records from hate breed, which is a Connecticut based band also was that album. And that's one of my favorite albums along with, like, Master of Puppets and, you know, like, uh, uh, Diary of a Madman. So, I mean, I'm not kissing his butt either. It's just, right. that's just the album. Like, after that, personally, I'm not really a big fan of the other albums. Mm -hmm. That one album for me, you know, is did it for me. So uh, I was wearing the, uh, the jacket on the TV, and I was representing. I gave, you know, Sinji thumbs up. I'm like, hell yeah, you know. The, the band kicks butt. Jamie works hard. You know, who knows? I might have been like that extra push to push it, it sure. push the right. deal over the top. But at the same time, I'm not sore about it. I mean, hey, times are changing. Music changes. We were a rap rock band. Right. Rap rock was going out. You know, we even though we had the choruses and the hardcore verses, we also incorporated rap and we did a lot of like like the song drive and stuff like that. Yeah. And and hardcore movement was coming reemerging. Re so it was just timing and you know, who knows? I don't care. I'm happy with what I'm doing now and that's why I created Dead by Wednesday. It's more of a middle finger to the entire industry. When it started, it was rap metal. Yeah. Like taking thrash metal and throwing two MCs in there and screaming. And and saying let's do something different that no one's ever heard and not care about what people think in the industry because that's that's where the whole idea democracy is dead. It wasn't a political statement. Mm -hmm. It was like democracy democracy amongst all of us is gone. And this is my focus. This is my idea. And then my cousin being this, the vocalist, the singer who's actually a very intellectual, straight edge type of kid, um, took it and started talking about you know at the time Bush was in the power and you started talking about all that stuff. Right. So that's pretty much how you know he turned it into that idea. And that's from there the bands kind of you know 
developed and turned into what it is now. That was actually one of my questions. Is Dead by Wednesday still able to get uh, as angry as they did when Bush was president? <laughs> well, I mean, it's more so not angry at the government, but just, I mean, I mean, I think a lot more people are walking around every day angry and pissed off right. because they don't have their jobs. People are broke and they don't have any money. They can't go out and have fun. You know, you know, it's like it's like uh, the shining after if you're just in in the house, you know, working and not doing anything else and not making any money, you're going to kill people. You know what I mean? So it's like, you know, all work, no play makes whoever a, a pissed off boy. You know right. what I mean? And so it's like, I, I mean, I think a lot of people are just pissed in general with the way the economy is and the way the whole system is running. So, I mean, yeah, we're still pissed and we're, you know, I'm pissed. I'm always pissed. Right. <laughs> Good. Hey, I got a question. I know we're going to get into some music, but before we do, where do bands play now? Like, where where can I see good shows in the New York, New England area? Good question. <laughs> yeah, it's, no, it's really playing. hard. I, that's why I'm asking you. Like, well, the one place that I always love, and and they should pay me for saying this right now, <laughs> is in my hometown, Toad's Place. Okay, it's, cool. They say where the legends play, but it's true. The Rolling Stones play there, and they have a list of bands. Everyone from like Fishbone to like, you know, Corn to. I have a videotape of. Paul Stanley solo yep, tour from exactly. Toad's Place. And yep. That's in New Haven, right? Yeah, Bruce Springsteen. I mean, you name cool. it. G-Soul. <laughs> Dead by Wednesday's playing there in two weeks. We're actually playing June 12th. Very uh, cool. You know, I don't know if, that, if, if even saying it matters. Oh, actually, it is live, so yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. And no you doubt. have the open... That's uh, June 12th at Toad's Place. Right, Bud Friendly. <laughs> Bud Friendly was getting Bud Friendly with me in the bathroom earlier. Oh, oh no. <laughs> just so you know. Just so you know. That's why you the can't... interview started rough in the beginning. Ah. <laughs> Opus Palooza. Where'd you come up with that name? <laughs> well... I mean, I do the birthday bash every year, and it's really, right. su really successful. I mean, cool. it's ridiculous. It's become this, like, thing. And uh, Toads actually called me and said, hey, do you want to do a date, um, you know, when when school lets out and during the summertime, we need the help with the extra, uh, you know, with that. we have a Friday night open. So, I you know, I figured I would throw a bill together and get all, unlike a lot of people, get all local bands that, you know, been asking me to play and not bugging me, but pretty much like, you know, I want to take care of everybody in one shot. So I put this together, this big fest. I got clowns booked. I got small people coming and, and they're getting suspended by uh, hooks Yo. during a band called Nassau Chainsaw from Brook Brooklyn. They're, they're playing and uh, a bunch of bands are coming and we're going to have like a makeshift Lollapalooza, but under my name, Opus Palooza cool. and just uh, with like have, flesh hooks through their skin. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, wow. We, we suspend, wow. we suspend, the proper, the unproper word is midgets, but we suspend right. midgets, and uh, and we have clowns, and then we have the you know all the bands playing, and we have a Rage Against the Machine tribute band. Cool. Um, they're really good from Massachusetts, and it's going to be a really good night. And Dead by Wednesday's playing. Excellent. And uh, yeah, so you know what the cool thing about Connecticut is, you got New Yorkers can come up there, and you got people from Mass that can come down, and yep. it's it's really neat. It, I kind of wish I lived in Connecticut as opposed to where I live currently. But. Cool. Well, listen, let's get into a well, little music. I know, you're right. I said, <laughs> it's the, easy, the easy, easy way out yeah. of that situation. We're going to hit the title track off of the Dead by Wednesday record, The Killing Project, and then we're going to come back, and uh, if you don't mind hanging out, Opus, we'd I love to come out. back and talk some metal with you. Let's keep talking. Cool. Let's I, can talk. I can talk. We'll be back in about three minutes. This is The Killing Project by Dead by Wednesday.
And we're back on Talking Metal Live with your hosts, Mark Striegel and John Astronomy. Hey, guys. Uh, thanks again for listening and tuning in to Talking Metal Live. We are here with our good friend Opus from Dead by Wednesday, and uh, we just got some cool VIP Is that passes. a Coke Zero in a wine glass? No, no, no. That's There's a Coke Zero next to a wine glass. That is actually a spotting beer in a wine glass. So. Nice, nice stuff. Yeah. But we're going to talk some metal with Opus, who is here from Connecticut, hanging out in Times Square in New York City. Yeah. Yeah, man. So what's what, what's happening up there? You guys, let's get back to Dead by Wednesday. You guys are staying busy. A lot of high-profile stuff going on. Corn, you guys opened for recently, right? Yep. We just did a show in New Hampshire at the Meadowbrook uh, Pavilion Center with Corn. Uh, Burn Halo dropped off the show, but we ended up like um, pretty much headlining the second stage. Along with uh, some pretty good bands, Diecast played. They they were awesome, and um, some other. Oh, Mark's band played Fair at the State. Oh, okay. Um, and um, and it was funny because G Soul used to do really good out in New Hampshire. So both of us always get asked to do stuff whenever, whenever things come up, which is really cool. You know, still have that kind of you know stuff that momentum going on, but. Um, and how is Mark? <clears throat> Mark's doing good, man. He Didn't has a he little, have a kid or something? Or? He had a kid. He's doing. He has a little recording studio where we actually just shot the video at RVP Studios, and uh, he's staying busy with his band. You know, they they um, they're I think they just released an album. They're doing it independent style. You know, right. what I mean, they 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 want to do it that way, which is cool. Everyone's staying busy from the old band. You know, Chris is playing. Chris Keys. What's he up to? Uh, he's doing something. Oh God, what the hell's the name of the band? Oh, he's gonna kill me. Oh crap! <laughs> I don't know the name of the band. I, I used to, I know it was called Saving Echo, right. but it's something else now. Um, but yeah, I'm anyway, sure we could find out. With yeah, a quick Google. But uh, yeah, the corn show was amazing. I got to be honest with you. We played this. We chose to play the second stage. We had offered the main stage, but the main stage was this big pavilion. And if we played on the main stage, it would have been like three o'clock in the afternoon, where most people don't even come to those type of shows till like you know four, five, six, seven o'clock at night. And uh, what the way the band is, as far as Dead by Wednesday, the way we our style is now, uh, we kind of traded in traded in our main stage slot for the uh, a six thirty or seven o'clock slot. It was seven thirty, I think, on the second stage. And it's like a tent near the beer tent. And it's like with the people. People were going crazy yeah. over there, right? Yeah, it was with the people. And, and no BS, um, when as soon as we hit our first note, I saw like shoes flying in the air, <laughs> like CD promo CDs that we were throwing out, um, like all this like 
dust. And it was like, you know, old chicken fight. It was hilarious. It was pretty violent, though. It got, it got crazy. Wow. And um, But we ended up uh, selling, you know, tons of merch that day. It was really successful for us. And it got the word out to, like, the whole Northeast because people came from all over for a show like that. Big, You know, it's a 7,000 capacity venue. I think we played, like, you know, there was, like, maybe... 3,500 people in the in the area when we were performing, which was really that's great. pretty dope, you know? So, yeah, that's pretty cool. But it's one show. You come back the next day, and you're, you know, you're in your apartment going, okay, what do I do now? Right, yeah. <laughs> what do I do now? Okay, just put on a porno and jerk off. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. Yeah. That's what Johnny O is doing right now. I, that's why I'm not talking much right now. I'm doing that. Hey, what's the radio station in New Haven? Because I think I've been up there. Is it, uh, in New Haven is 99 Rock WPLR. Okay. I, I've been to their studio, I think, once. Yeah. I um, performed a couple times up there in, like, uh, early 90s. Right. They do, like, acoustic stuff? Yeah. Or, now they right. stopped doing it, though. Oh, wow. Like every other radio station, they got gay. Jeez. How about the New Haven Civic Center? Is that still there? Nope. They knocked it down and put a big I, parking lot there. I cannot believe it. That's, but I got to play there once. Before, that was my that dream. That is killer. Wow. That was my dream before before I knocked it down. I opened for Rage Against the Machine, man. That is great. With, with, with G-Soul. Yeah, G-Soul. Yep. Wow, very that, cool. That was crazy. The lights were still on. People were coming in the door, and we were rocking out to, to like a half- Half-packed Hey, Coliseum. but just the fact that you're playing an arena yeah. in your hometown. I mean, oh, that's like, like my dream is to play the Civic Arena, which they're going to, which actually is where the Pittsburgh Penguins are playing the Detroit Red Wings right now, the Stanley Cup Finals. It's 2-2, and I hope nice. the Penguins pull this one out. So they, they better. I want to see some fights. That's my favorite arena, guys. I've seen Kiss, and I've seen so many great bands at that arena. Cool. Kiss, we love Kiss. We just That's had what, a long conversation about Kiss earlier. That's one of the things me and Mark, like when we first met, like kind of connected on was was Kiss. Wow, very yeah. cool. Yeah, because our, our the G Soul band was very like that theatrical. theatrical. Right. Yeah, right, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Yeah, I remember seeing G Soul so many so many. Clubs. I remember G Soul from only, Mark telling me about G Soul back in the day. Yeah, not only in New York City, but of course up in uh, Connecticut and uh, even Las Vegas. Do you remember? Yeah, uh, I remember that. Show. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what what were you doing out there when they were playing? Yeah, my friend Derek Sivers had oh, flown yeah. me out there. CD to, Baby. Yeah, right. I, I I actually I worked for CD Baby for like six days. He he, I was freelance, you know, in in New York City, so I could take off work easy. He flew me out there and put me up. Uh, didn't pay me anything, but I got to run <laughs> around out. and party with guys like Opus. So it was all <laughs> worth it. But, uh, That's great. Yeah, um, that was crazy. Yeah, he, he he put me up out there, and I worked the CD Baby table at. Um, oh, cool. Edom and kissing Edom, booth. It was called Edom Festival, and the kissing yeah. booth. <laughs> yeah, was and, that the uh, time you saw Amen? Yeah, I saw I saw right. Amen out there. Uh, G Soul, of course. I, I I remember the club you guys played. It was across the street from the Rio. Pinkies, Pinkies. You got a wow. good memory, man. Hell yeah. Well, it's a short term memory loss, but certain yeah. things stick with me, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pinkies. Yeah, that was a that was a great show, and uh, it was a lot of fun out there. But... A lot of lot of pool tables. How, that's right. How, how did you guys? Uh, how did you guys back in that day, and even today with Dead by Wednesday? Because you guys play, uh, you know, in a lot of different places. How yeah. do you, with being on a on a smaller budget, how do you make it to places like Las Vegas and do a show there? I mean, because uh, obviously you aren't hoping all... a prayer. Yeah. No, no. I mean, honestly, it's like uh, you have to plan a way ahead as far as like either either sponsors or um, you know. It's, Use some of the money you made from merch or other shows and save up for it and use, you know, you use it almost like to promo yourself. Right. Use the money you made from shows to promo yourself. Or, you know, you hustle. You know, you go on the street, you sell some crack, whatever you got to do, man. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? So would Hip you say hose, you know, whatever. most of the money that you make doing this type of stuff go, ends up going back into the band? Um, I don't know where it goes, honestly. I, right. I mean, like, a lot of money comes in. Uh, a lot of money goes out, and yeah. mostly goes out. Yeah. You know what Do I mean? you guys have to have like business managers in there handling that we, stuff? We or probably what? we probably should. Right. <laughs> you know, right now you're looking at them. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> you're looking at the business. You know? yeah. Yeah. So that's you know. how everybody's doing it now. I mean, like. You know, most bands don't even have like labels, even yeah. even big major groups. That's like, why like I say Kiss, I feel very I, I feel very blessed and lucky that I have someone who is somewhat organized and and honest. And you know, and and a uh, you know good have, has a good personality and and um, has a good you know karma around him. Chris is a Poland from Eclipse is a great guy, right? And um, so you know, I almost like the fact that he's 
too honest. Like he'll go over something, mull over, he'll mull over something like 10 times if he doesn't feel that it's right for us or for him or something. And, you know, sometimes it could be a little overboard, like a little OCD or ADD or whatever. But, um, but I think it's a good thing to have any kind of help nowadays and any kind of someone who wants to invest or promote or advertise you or your music, you have, you have to feel lucky, you know, cause it's hard. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Like to find somebody who's going to get behind you and work hard for you is, is a tough thing. And it, you, you sounds like you got a good guy. Now, me being a drummer, Opus, I want to talk some drums sure. with you. Love drums. What do you play? What kind of kit? Well, first of all, I would bang my drums if I could. Very but, cool. But I can't, so <laughs> we'll leave that along. Uh, but I, I, right now I play an RCI, a Romano Catano International acrylic um, black and white spiraled John Bottom style drum Wow, set. like a, like a almost like a Ludwig Vista Light kind yes. of a thing. Yeah, Very I, cool. I had a Ludwig Vista Light, original 1970s blue um, eight piece, you cool. know, crazy John Bonham style drum set, but I had to unfortunately sell it, you know, just, just so I can, I, I move in and I, I was moving and there's just so much, I had so much stuff and, right. um, and just money wise and just everything in general, I just kind of felt like I needed to, or I was cleaning, actually cleaning up the attic. But you <laughs> so, play with that Bonham set up with like the big bass drum, one floor tom, one Just four piece, tom. man. Yeah. That's four killer. Piece, just, and I play thrash metal on it. You that know? is really good. I mean, I, I, I love big kits, but I learned from playing all the time and not having techs or roadies right. that it really sucks to move around. Like like some 20-piece yeah. kit with like yeah, eight and you rack don't need, toms. And right. honestly, like, yeah, you really you don't, don't need it. You don't need it. You should be able to play all that stuff on a, on on a two piece. drums. Right. And if you can't, don't waste my time. You know, right. don't, don't even bother. Right. You, like the more drums aren't going to make like a bad drummer better. You I, know? Saw, I have a funny story. I, I saw when to go see this. I forgot what the name of the band it was. Huh? Even if I knew, I wouldn't say it. But yeah. I saw this punk rock band. It was hilarious. He literally had like 12 toms, two bass drums, uh, you know, all this stuff, like a million cymbals. He literally played a punk beat the entire time. I think it was like a joke. He would yeah. play the right cymbal, the snare, and the bass drum, not even use his left leg on the, on the hi-hat. And he would just go, never did a roll, never even hit a cymbal. <laughs> and he had no and he's got like some giant like Eric Carr kit. Yeah, my friend was doing sound. He's like, you got to be kidding me. He's laughing. Like, I just mic'd all this stuff yeah. or nothing, right? He's laughing his ass off. And there's no holes in the front bass drum, either bass drum heads either. You got this huge kit. You got no holes for the microphones. Nothing. Oh, that's classic. And it was, it was so funny. And I'm not even exaggerating. It was hilarious. But yeah, he's a four-piece. Um, I started off on a bigger kit. I'm a fan of, you know, like a lot of that, that stuff with big, you know, big toms and like the Slayer stuff and everything. I lost like, you know, I love that kind of stuff, but I learned how to basically scale it down for what G saw. There's a lot of people on stage, a lot of different instruments, percussion, keyboard, all stuff. And you kind of want to scale it down. And then I just kind of less is more almost like when I started playing that way, I realized that I almost, it almost made me a better drummer to, to take away all that stuff, strip it down and just, have the core of what the drums are and to be able to do all that stuff with it. And now I almost taught myself so much in that style, that vein that I can't, if I go on a big kit, I feel like lost. I'm like, what do I do with this thing? Like the Wayne's world, like ding, right. you know, like little symbol. But um, yeah, I, lo- I, I also have a pork pie jazz style, small Katina kit, which is like 18 inch bass drum, wow. 10 inch snare, 12, you know, 12 inch Tom, 14 inch floor. I use that for like a lot of the uh, open mics and the Sabbath stuff. And then uh, I don't use the acrylic for recording because I think recording why I think they're better lot they're a better live drum set, right. more reverb. Like you could play a club with hardly have any. They have mics. like two heads on it, right? Though top yeah, and bottom heads, top and bottom. But you could play the acrylic stuff with no mics and it cu- cuts through with the band almost. Very cool. Um, but with recording, I like to use wood stuff, so I use like high end Tamas for recording because they just really sound great. You know, the, the wood is just on the mic; it sounds awesome. You know, very cool. cool. We're down to our final 10 minutes of the show here, but there's two things I want to cover. Opus, your story I really do think is is something special, and I know you've shot some footage, and there could potentially, if you got the right people behind you, be a, a story there for maybe television or something. Is this something you're striving for? What what are your what are your thoughts on maybe turning your story into a reality TV show? I mean, I would love to do something like that. I've been dabbling in that type of stuff, you know, since forever. I mean, it started with, you know, the v, the VH1 original movie that we were in right. with Gene Simmons. Then it was the Farm Club. Then it ended up being, get, 
you know, getting that shipmates reality dating show thing yeah, happening. Yeah, I remember that, yeah. And, that, you know, they wanted to bring me back on the show, but the girl refused because it was such a debacle. It was, right, right, right. It was hilarious. And then I ended up, um, you know, getting minor roles here and there on in stuff, like just recently Cash Cab and, and the Rachel Ray show. Really? What, yeah, what were you doing on talking that? Talking about the birds and the bees and who taught me my, like, you know, like the how to, the whole sex thing. And oh, okay. It was, you know, so I, I always, always dabble in that kind of stuff, and I never – Never really tried. I just just happened. So if anything ever came around, like any kind of opportunity came around where they want to make a story about, you know, someone like a musician scratching the surface or like, you know, someone that was so close to, you know, whatever, mega stardom or whatever you want to call it. I have a hard time talking about stuff because I, I am, you know, somewhat of a subdued person when it comes to myself. Right. Like how I look at myself. Like I, I, like I am you know some you know in public like outrageous and like could be crazy and kooky and everything but reality is is that like i don't look at myself as a rock and roll star i don't look at myself as like someone who could be something like that but other people tell me you know like you i mean that i was embarrassed earlier when you said that to me i appreciate it so much but it's you know it's kind of uncomfortable you right. know what i mean right. no, I understand. but but i mean i would do it in a heartbeat because i i love i would love to have a camera on me all the time and and uh, people know who I am and stuff. It's, it's a weird lifestyle because, you know, you walk the streets. And even to this day, like the other day, it was hilarious. I had a guy. I was walking in the supermarket um, and a guy yelled G-Soul at me. Really? Wow. He yelled it at wow. me. Yeah. Yelled, and, I, and I said to him, I said, dude, I'm in a new band. I'm like, Dead by Wednesday. He got pissed. And he goes, no, G-Soul for life, dude. Literally, <laughs> it's like he's so into it. Like literally, dude. Amazing. And I was just like, "What?" So it's a different, you know, diff also different generation. We're, yeah. We we play a lot of young, you know, youth right. orientated, no, like young, you know. Cool. But, and one one topic, not necessarily Opus related, but we can get his take oh, on this that we promised our listeners that we'd talk about. Yes. Is, is it was announced this week that Ozzy Osbourne and his camp, if you will, has decided to sue Tony Iommi over. Ownership, if you of will, the name, of the Black name Sabbath. Black Sabbath, and basically Ozzy is asking for fifty percent ownership. I guess it's Which currently a hundred percent to yeah. Tony owns it. Right. Um, and Ozzy's camp issued a release saying basically that the name has been basically what did he say? Dragged through the mud. Yeah. And oh, sorry about that. Diminished to in the mid nineties, it was diminished to, to like a, to clapping stock status club stuff and. Yeah, so do you believe that that Ozzy Osbourne is entitled to 50% of the Black Sabbath name even though he was in the band for less than 50% Percent of, it, of, of his existence? That's a hard question, man. Yeah. That's a really hard question because I, I look at it as honestly 50-50. Not 50-50 that it's his, 50-50 that. 50-50 yes for a lot of reasons and 50-50 no for a lot of reasons. And... um Yes, because Ozzy was there from the beginning to kind of like when you go through the trudge, the trudge, you know, the, the, the mud and right. you, you're in the van and you're, you know, he paid the dues. Yes, yes. exactly. Right, yeah. And, and, and without Ozzy, would there be a Sabbath? Yeah, I mean, right. you know, there would be, but it might not be the same thing as it is now. He paved the way for Dio and Ian Gillen and whatever, the whole, all the sure. other guys, yeah. right. Now, so that's one aspect. And the other aspect is. I mean, legally, if Tony owns the name, he owns the name. Yeah. That's it. There's yeah. no if, Tony or was the guy that kept Sabbath going when yes. all these other people were not in the band. And so then, and then, that's that argument, right? And then also on the other side of, uh, you know, no comment, I know John Fenton, who is like runs – pretty much runs the booking for all Ozfest. So for me to say anything positive or negative would be very Sure, very right, right. Bad. Yeah, you don't want to well, well, how about a band like Guns N' Roses where you have really basically one guy who's who's kind of taken over the name that's a if joke, you will. And to me. Yeah. That's a joke. Right. I mean it's just Axel. If it was Axel and a couple other guys, maybe you could get away with it. Yeah. But it's, well, Dizzy Reed. Is, oh, Dizzy in it? I don't he, know. He is. Yeah. He is. But he, of course, he wasn't part of Appetite for Destruction. Well, what about even yeah, Kiss? So that doesn't make any Same sense. thing. I mean, you got two of the four. And then with Kiss, it's even weirder because you got other guys portraying the characters yeah, of other guys. Yeah. I, I, I cannot stand to this day that, that he has... They have, Paul and Gene, have Eric and Tommy Thayer. Nothing against them personally, but yeah, right. they have them in Peter's 
makeup. Yeah, Ace's makeup. makeup. Well, right. soon there's going to be just like me and you in their makeup. Yeah, right? like four you know different I mean? guys doing it. Right? Hey, I'm ready. <laughs> Robots, kiss bots. Yeah. yeah. And then the kiss members will be in kiss costumes. Well, you know what's funny? They yeah, just came true. out with these costumes that are official kiss costumes that look like real kiss costumes. And you can buy now an Ace Frehley, a live one costume for like 300 bucks. And it's so funny because now... Adults buy these? Yeah, yes. Okay. Yes. For swimmers' parties. Scary adults buy them. <laughs> and um, so, like, now everything, like, there's there's nothing that spectacular anymore when you can just be any dude off the street. You can buy the costume, put on the makeup, and you're close to being in the band almost. I, I mean, oh, I, saw, I, I saw a guy walking down the street with a Superman costume earlier today. So, I mean, you know. Right, straight in New York. I mean, it wasn't even it wasn't even look like he was doing anything. It was like he was just hanging out with a Superman costume. <laughs> yeah. I, he was on break. My, one yeah. of my favorite New York uh, stories is uh, I, I saw a man in the middle of uh, the winter, very cold <laughs> out, uh, walking down First Avenue back when I lived on uh, Tudor City right. over there, nude. Just no, yeah, completely. I cannot believe completely. it. He was, he was, uh, and not arrested. He was about a six foot six black man. Oh my god! Um, <laughs> obviously, a little confused, and wow. it was like probably twenty degrees out, and, and he was walking naked. down First Avenue. We're streaking. Nude. Yeah, no, it wasn't like that. You know, in, <laughs> it wasn't in this, like running for the effect. It was just that's no, just he's no. Dead. In this poor man's defense, uh, it was right in front of the. There's like a mental hospital down there oh on god. First Avenue. Uh, yes, the United. Nations. No, <laughs> south south of that. South of that. Down. That should be a mental health. I thought you were going to say, in this poor man's defense, it was very cold out. No. Right, right, right. <laughs> well, that too. But I, 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 I sense that he had wandered outside the of the facility. Mental yeah, unbelievable. And, uh, but it caused Where quite an inside uproar. he's free to roam. He, he was a little nutty. <laughs> yeah, he was a little nutty. Yeah, it was a little that is nutty. out of control. I've never seen anything that wacky. Yeah. I've seen the was, naked cowboy. He was outside the mental hospital, and you said to him, "I can clearly see your nuts." Yeah, <laughs> there you go. That's great. That's a, that's a <laughs> the good east one. side cool. of Manhattan. So, Opus, to carry us out of the show today, we played the title track off of The Killing Project. What other track can we feature for the Talking Metal listeners today? Well, there's – you want to hear metal, obviously. So, Declaration of Inhumanity is out. That's more of like a police-style track. Cool. Um, Stuart Copeland's the man. Right. Just just to to throw that in there anyway. Um, But I would say probably the song Pawns, which we just shot a video for with uh, David Brodsky. Oh, yeah. He just shot Warbringer's video, who we had on earlier. Yeah, Warbringer. He did Suffocation. Uh, Did you do Black Dahlia? Yeah, yeah, yeah. we we went over this earlier. You must have been on vacation. Oh, okay, sorry. (laughs) Yeah, in 2008, he won a uh, Grammy nomination for (laughs) Everything Went Black from Black Dahlia. Okay, right, right. And uh, we just shot with him uh, over the weekend, and the video is going to be dope. This was the first song of the album. It's called Pawns. And uh, it's on the Killing Project, which is available out online and in stores. FYE, um, EclipseRecords.com. Our website is just Dead by Wednesday, all one word. Dead by Wednesday.com, or you can go to our GaySpace.com uh, slash <laughs> right. Dead by Wednesday. Um, you know, all the above. Just please come and uh, say hello. I answer everyone myself. There's no robot or label guy. It's me, Opus, the dopest, responding to all you guys. So hit me up. And uh, that's good, man. Pawns, thanks for having me, guys. We will have all those Thank you those uh, websites linked through today's show notes in the podcast version of this uh, yes. interview uh, on TalkingMetal.com. We will also have links that will open up your iTunes and bring you directly to Dead by Wednesday on iTunes where you can download the tracks. With a picture of that big black, naked black guy out front of the nuthouse. I, I right. wish I had that. I wish I had that. It was something else. Anyways, this is Pawns by Dead by Wednesday on Talking Metal. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Abbas. I'm a
necessary measures and all access to social device Don't we rely on the system that abuses us They need us more than we need them They need us more than we need them We're taking your form We're taking your form 